Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So um, we want to show you the murkiness of um, two people who split up and go on vacation a lot together because they do have a kid, but it still feels like there's something more and it's mm. complicated because the woman is with this guy, this dude named Can we Can we Tom do some Brady? names here? We're talking about Arena Shake and the guy, Tom Brady. But that's not who she was on vacation with. She was on vacation with said father of her daughter, uh, Bradley Cooper. And even that's not strange. We've seen them, even though they're not together, we've seen them vacation no, together. No, co-parenting is not only cool, but it's so good for the kid. Yes. And they do it a lot, and but, they get along well. But here's what's complicated this particular vacation. Photos like this of <laughs> Arena, topless. And now- Who's taking the photos? And, I, and, and, Some people think it might be Bradley. Okay, and then can we just say, and Bradley is kind of laying around um, shirtless and- Well, they're, they're, on, they're on a beach. I know, but they're yeah. posting these pictures. But, and but both, just, the point is that you have the co-parents both posting very sexy shots. Um, and if you're the, I don't know if Tom Brady, do you call him the odd man out? Or he's actually dating her, so. It's just, when you look at this, it's Who's like, the odd man out? Is it Bradley who's the odd man out? <laughs> right, or is it Tom who's right. the odd man out? Or neither. If any person that wasn't into the know in pop culture looked at these photos, they would think this is a oh, loving yeah. couple that is on a romantic vacation. 100%. Like you guys said, she's posting her ex. He's like shirtless, looking hunky. She's topless, presumably hanging out with Bradley while she's like doing these sexy shots. Hey, wait, did um, she post the photo of Bradley? Yeah, it's in yeah. her gallery. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, which is even that's what more I'm saying. Interesting. Well, no, her posting it is much but different. No, but that's from, what I was saying. I thought he posted. No, no, no. She posted it. Wow. But here's well, the thing, kind of like you mentioned, Charles. Tom's they, odd man out. they do these like family trips together. We've seen them go to the Bahamas together, and that also looked coupley. And people were suspecting if they had gotten back together. But we know that she has moved on. She is dating Tom Brady. They met in June at like a billionaire's wedding, which great place to meet somebody and they're pretty serious it's it's very obvious that they are together and so you gotta wonder how does tom feel that she's going on a vacation with her ex but not just like oh we're sleeping in separate beds but like hanging out in well, the nude well they way. might be sleeping hey they might be sleeping in separate beds right and, and look if if she and tom are really that close does that bother tom it probably makes him think twice I would think so. It just makes him kind of- I mean, even though he's Tom Brady, you right. know, it's still- I, I just think, it, like, she's probably had a conversation with him, right? She's she, probably well, said- Conversation, hey, we're going, schmumversation. No, but she said, hey, look at Bradley, Bradley and I are going on vacation with her daughter Leah, and it's just a family thing we're doing. It's but great. he's not this portly guy. He's this really good-looking movie star. Well, yes. But also, I do want to point out uh, the photo gallery that she posted. She did give a photo credit. She said- Photos by LB. Now, who is LB? LB needs to come forward. It's it's definitely not their daughter. Their daughter their daughter is She's Leah. Too young. She's also too young She's to be taking too the photos. little. But actually, you know what? I don't know. Toddlers do take some good photos sometimes. But it can't be Bradley, right? Like at least she wants to make it clear. It is not Bradley. It is this LB, whoever that may be.
Hi, this is Whitney from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And I just think, you know, they're both super hot. It's nice weather and they haven't, it's not like they haven't seen each other like this before. So why not? And plus, it's not very abnormal for Hollywood couples to do this. And if no one feels uncomfortable and she's posting it, then I don't know why we're judging, but who knows, maybe a new star will be born. Well, oh God, we got that. Um, <laughs> if you say it's not unusual for um, couples we could talk about Kevin Costner and Christine Baumgartner. That's not going to happen. We could talk about Croy Berman and Kim Zolciak. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Sam Asghari and Britney Spears. That's not going to happen. So it's a little bit uncommon. A little bit. Uh, yes. We're going to move on. Uh, moving on to Adele and her... This is my favorite video her of the day. staunch defense of one of her fans... This is my favorite video. Uh, ...who was called out by security. So during her uh, Vegas residency over the weekend, um, security went into deal with a fan, this young man right here, who was um, distracting, to say the least, other people in the audience. Um, one of them, had someone else in the audience had come up to complain, he sat down for a bit, then he stood up, and then security stepped in. Well, Adele actually saw this happening from the stage, and- She defended the kid. Defended him, so here is Adele telling security to back off. What are you doing? Why are you bothering him? Can you leave him alone, please? Yes! They won't bother you again, my darling. So what's weird is so everyone's cheering when Adele says, hey, leave the guy alone. But They're everybody like, in the audience was complaining. Well, people in the audience the guy, complaining about him. The guy, the guy wasn't just singing. He was really loud. You heard Adele reference the guy with the stick in his hand. He had a, a selfie stick, and he was recording himself singing everything. Really loud. Big deal. Like, yeah, go, it, I was going to say it's not a church, although you even stand up in church. It's like listen to the music at home on your CD player if you want to be in silence. This is a concert, and I guarantee Adele would like a lot more of those fans than the people who are just sitting on their butts I listening agree with to the you. music. Like, and, and I oh think that's why gosh. she defended him, Mike. I think, I, I almost thought she wanted to make an example of him, not with security, but with the rest of the audience. Like, yeah, this guy's standing up, enjoying it. Leave him alone. And by the way, why aren't the rest of you standing up? I, I would love to know after this, what the audience well, no, reaction no, no. Go, was like. Go back to the video of him. There were people standing. That's after like, the fact. They're standing now because she's in the middle of singling him out, saying, leave him alone, leave him alone. But a and lot they're of all people standing, standing to look to see what's going on because uh, the music stopped. Yeah, they were, they were looking at the commotion. They sat down on their butts during the, the performance. Right. And uh, listen, this just brings up the, it's that debate about whether or not, how, how much should you or can you enjoy a concert um, you should enjoy relative to you should, everyone around. You should enjoy it where it doesn't impact the person behind you. Well, what if I'm feeling it more but than Hart, they that's are? That's silly. Should you, should you not go to a ball game, to a baseball game? But this woman's cheer? like, sir, could you please? No, but there's a difference between like, first of all, you don't have to stand up when she's singing hello, okay? You just don't. It's not that I guarantee rousing. he did. I know he did. Yeah. But it's not that, it's a good <laughs> song. Still but singing. It's, he's like, all right, I'll sit, but I'm I know, still going to sing. I know, but he's still going to sing. He's just, it's just annoying. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yes, my name is Mary from Jackson, Mississippi, and I am so amazed that Adele did this and so thankful because who goes to see Adele and doesn't want to stand up? It's a part of the experience, and I'm so thankful that she did it. Yes, Queen. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Okie doke. Uh, we are going to move on. Yes, to uh, a change in Britney Spears' household. Uh, we've told you how since the divorce and Sam moving out that, um, you know, she has very little support system left, really. Um, two people who are not living with her, and that would be Kate Hudson, her manager and best friend, uh, and Matt Rosengart, her lawyer. Well, they have uh, made and, ne and neither are medical professionals. They don't really know anything about right. medicine, but she needs somebody. And they uh, clearly understood that, <laughs> understood the assignment, and there is now someone that she's added, staff members, people who are going to actually be in the house with her, and one of them, we're told, is actually a medical professional. Um, with so, a medical background. They're yeah. not a doctor or anything like that, but they're going to be working not just for medical purposes, but they're going to work as staff in the house, but they right. also have that background, yeah. which she needs. Which is good that they're addressing yeah. a need there. Yeah, it's super important. So they've hired on two, like you said, uh, there's, there's at least one of those has a medical background because... Even though she's not under the conservatorship, I, she still sees a therapist. She still needs to take medications and everything. So it's good to have somebody with some sort of medical background within that home, right? I mean, she had, Brittany's not forced to do this stuff anymore, but she herself has admitted, look, I don't mind going to therapy. If I need to see a doctor, that's okay with me. So this is good that there's that extra padding now at the house, too. Yeah, and, you know, taking meds, you know, are critical. And it's been an issue with her. Um, and it's tough. And so, you need someone there who can manage it. Yeah. Right. So, so good, you know, it's a good it's thing. A good move. Well, we are uh, about to be joined by uh, one of the leading candidates for president. Um, he is the Republican candidate, the other Republican candidate that people are talking about the most since the debate. The first being, of course, Donald Trump, <laughs> uh, partly, partly because of his arrest and that mugshot. But from the debate, and remember, Donald Trump wasn't there. The guy everyone was talking about was Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I remember before the debate. Yes, you said. He was going to emerge because he has really taken a page. I don't want to say a page out of Trump's playbook. He's using the playbook in many ways. And he cut through um, all the other candidates. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's find out how he intends to continue to do that up until the election. Uh, joining us right now is GOP candidate for president, Vivek Ramaswamy. Welcome to TMZ Live, Vivek. Good to be on with you guys. How are you? We're good. Um, you know, I, I watched the debate. I was so interested. And it was clear that you really did kind of emerge, you know, as a different kind of candidate, which was very clear that was your intention. What I'm curious about is, I, I heard you this morning. I, when I was working out, I was watching um, I, w I was watching the news, and I heard you you said something about um, uh, that you had never met a white supremacist, and that one really struck me because I just started thinking about things like Buffalo, uh, the dollar store, which just happened. Jacksonville, yeah. Um, Jackson, which was Jacksonville, the synagogues. And I wasn't sure what the point was. Were you suggesting they don't exist, or you just got lucky? Well, I'm suggesting that there are all kinds of deranged people across the country. But what I was doing, you know how the media works. They'll take a statement and then shoehorn into it what they want to put in your mouth, as opposed to what I was saying in a long-form, hour-long speech. 
which is that I worry in this country, we are creating more anti-Black and more Hispanic, anti-Hispanic racism, because I can think of no better way to do it than by taking something else away from someone on the basis of their skin color. And so I think we're, at least as of a few years ago, we were as far along as we've ever been in our national history in seeing the final burning embers of racism burn out in this country. And yet then by obsessing over our skin deep differences, by implementing group quota systems, by implementing the so-called anti-racist dogma, which is really just a new form of modern racism in a new direction, we're actually creating new racism in all directions. And I think that's a sad thing to see because right when we're getting close to the promised land that we actually create the very thing that we thought we were getting over. So if I hear you right, you're saying that we're making racism worse because we're actually calling it out when we see it. I mean, when you have someone who goes in and shoots three people and says that I'm doing this because I hate black people and has swastikas on his gun, we can't, we, hold on, we can't call that out for what it is. I mean, that we is- We better call that out. We better call that out for what it is. But I think part of what we see in this country is a deep frustration where, yeah, you know, I went just a month ago to Nashville where there was another mass shooting of a different kind. It was a transgender shooter who had a manifesto that shot six people in a Christian school. By every evidence, a hate crime as well. Yet in that case, the manifesto has not only been not been released, it has not been described to the public. I think this grates on people. And I think we just all have to be more honest in this country that we have a mental health epidemic Part of what's driving the division in this country is not only that mental health epidemic, but being taught to divide ourselves to see us as members of different groups. And I think what we need to do more of in the United States of America is stop obsessing over our skin deep differences. But All hold, of on, us, hold on, hold on. I, I, I just have to interrupt you for one second. That yep. it's okay to say that the I have I look different from someone else. That's fine. There are groups, right? And and the people in those groups get comfort from being with people that they can, that they relate to. That doesn't, but as long as you treat all of those groups equally, that's fine. So there's nothing wrong with saying that I, I'm black, right? And you can say yeah. that you're Indian American and that's fine. But what we're all important. asking is that everyone is treated equally. Yes, so what I take issue with, and, and so I'm a big fan of not putting words in other people's mouth because you know, I know what that feels like on the receiving end. So I don't want to do that to somebody who disagrees with me. I'll use their own words, right? Take an Ibram Kendi, who says the remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. I reject that worldview. I fundamentally disagree with it. Take an Ayanna Presley, who I quoted in that same speech, who said, we don't want any more black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't want any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. I reject the idea that the content of melanin in your skin dictates what you're allowed to say or think. And I think what we still instead should talk about is the fact that there are certain attributes that unite all of us as Americans. Yes, we can each celebrate our heritage. That's a beautiful thing about this country. But our diversity is only beautiful if there's something greater that unites us across that diversity. And I'm not telling you to adopt Presley's views or Ibram Kendi's views. But what I am saying is those have been immensely influential in this country, creating a dogma that causes us to see one another on the basis of our genetically inherited attributes. And that was wrong at points in our nation's past, just as it is wrong today. And I think the right answer going forward is you want to end discrimination on the basis of race. Let's stop discriminating on the basis of race, all of us. That's exactly how we move this nation forward. 
And that's just a different worldview than one that embraces race consciousness in our policies, which I worry, you know, many people will point to that being anti-white or anti-Asian racism. I worry that that creates anti-Black racism and anti-Hispanic racism in response. And I do think that anti-Black and anti-Hispanic racism is on the rise in this country, in part owing to vengeance coming from those same so-called anti-racist policies. So my goal is to unite this country. As I said, that's what differentiates me from other candidates in the Republican field, including Donald Trump, including others. But that is my goal. And whatever obstacle stands in the way, I'm going to call that out, too, so that we can overcome that and reunite this nation. You have become um, an influencer in Trump world. It was pretty obvious from the applause you got in the audience during the debate last week. If Donald Trump is convicted and sentenced to prison, would you, as an influencer, would you publicly urge people not to engage in violence? Because that's something people are fearing right now. Would you publicly declare, do not engage in violence? Yes. I am dead set against violence in this country because we are skating on thin ice right now. Peaceful protest and self-expression, I think that's actually really important because it's when you tell people they can't speak, that's when they scream. You tell people they can't scream and that's when they tear things down. And so I am a vehement proponent of peaceful self-expression. I actually think that is necessary for the continued peaceful existence of a republic. I think sometimes the mistake we make is systematically suppress people to shut up, sit down, do as they're told, censor them if they say the wrong thing on the internet. That breeds content, discontent. But I will always stand on the side of peace. I am dead set against violence in this country. And it sounds like you and I share some concerns in common. What are your uh, thoughts on the actor strike? I don't have a tremendous, I'm devoted a tremendous amount of my mental energy to it. Um, it's not a huge issue for me. I do think it's a little bit insular in the world of in the world of Hollywood to sort of think about the struggles that actually might matter more for the country right now versus, you know, a bunch of people who want to be actors within an insular world of Hollywood versus the people who are, you know, running the studios. That's not one of my top areas of concern. It's a free country. So I, I don't reject the right of people to engage in that strike. But I do think that it is not one of the top pressing issues that you know, determines the future of our nation, which is what I'm trying to be concerned with. It does affect a lot in terms of Labor. what people uh, enjoy, how entertainment is going to look. And there are lots of people that are affected by that. There's this kind of rippling effect of it um, that that goes way beyond Hollywood. So there is some importance to it. I'm not I'm not rejecting. It's just not one of the top issues that I'm focused on for the country. I, I want to shut down the administrative state. I want to declare independence from China. We're dependent on our enemy for our modern way of life. I worry we have a president who's sleepwalking us into potential nuclear armed conflict with Russia. I'm the only candidate in the Republican Party who's willing to say I want to end the Ukraine war on those terms while deterring China from going after Taiwan. We have a flailing economy that needs to deliver economic growth, a crisis of national pride amongst young people in this country. Those are some of the issues that I'm focused on. And so on my list of priorities, the you know the Hollywood strike was not as high on the list as those questions. But you know, look, I hope they work it out. And I hope that everybody in a, in a bargained process is able to get back to work. I do think that that's something, a lesson we could take across the American economy is getting people back to work. And Hollywood should be no exception to that. Okay, uh, let's take a break. Yes, uh, Vivek uh, is gonna stay with us when we come back. We wanna find out about Donald Trump. If Donald Trump wins, as the polls seem to say, he will win for the GOP. Would Vivek be his running mate?
welcome back to TMZ Live. We have been speaking with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the uh, GOP candidate for president. I, I know you're pressed for time. I just want to ask, um, yeah. you know, we're in Los Angeles and um, we just had this crazy tropical storm. And again, I'm kind of yeah. an old dog and I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime. Maui burned up, at least Lahaina did. And the country is experiencing temperatures that we've never seen before, as is the world. And I heard what you said during the debate um, where you kind of brushed aside climate change. What do you think is causing all this? Yeah, so let me give you my actual views on this. It happens to be something I've studied quite carefully in the last several years. The climate change agenda is a hoax, is what I said. And what I mean by that is that the temperature-related or climate-related disaster death rate, tornadoes, hurricanes, heat wave, fires, the number of deaths over the last 100 years is down by 98%. For every 100 people that died of a climate-related disaster in 1920, that number is two people today. That fact is not disputed. The reason why is more abundant and plentiful access to fossil fuels. More people die today still, eight times as many more people die of cold temperatures rather than warm ones. The right answer to all temperature-related deaths is more abundant access to fossil fuels. The earth is covered by more green surface area coverage today than it was half a century or a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food. So there, these are the these are hard facts, not disputed, but that you don't hear from the climate agenda. But, 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 hold on, Vivek, wouldn't the, the reduction in deaths be more related to technology that's allowed us yes. to, to warn people and to get people out of the way of danger? And there's nothing to do with fossil fuels. Technology powered by fossil fuels technology powered by fossil fuels, and that's my point. So I favor adaptation. I favor climate mastery. Look at the likes of what Bjorn Lomberg to Alex Epstein to even Steve Koonin, a physicist who served in the Obama administration. I've read all their books cover to cover. I think the reality is the climate change policies are going to be more hostile to human flourishing than actual the threats posed by climate change itself. But if, but, so but, 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 but I, I gotta stop you. At a point, fuels. at a point when it gets too hot, people can't survive and it's getting hotter and hotter no and hotter. And There's I mean, no you, you tell that to the folks in Lahaina that you need to adapt and they're looking at it Lahaina, saying, how do we adapt when we're running for our lives into the ocean? Well, I happen to have talked to some of the folks in Lahaina actually. So, so as, I, as have we, as have we, by the down. way. Good, I, I'm glad for that because I think we should look after our fellow Americans before we're looking halfway around the world to places like Ukraine where many politicians have more concern than for Maui. But here's, here's what I would tell them, and actually what is based on what they told me. You want to know what actually caused more deaths in Maui? There's somebody who is a climate agenda activist who is a left-wing appointee who believes in indigenous water rights that delayed during a critical period, half a day, the provision of water to put out those fires. That is wrong. You actually have a timber policy problem in this country where environmental activists for years have now stopped the normal process of actually regular fires that don't actually reach the scale that we've seen from Canada to Maui because they're actually planned and controlled as they have been even for much of human history. And so again, I think the policy response in the name of this new climate religion is literally causing more deaths. And the reality is, and I can call out exactly where the farce is, the climate agenda has nothing to do with the climate. Because the same people who are opposed to carbon emissions here in the United States are totally fine when those same carbon emissions get shifted to China. And the same opponents to fossil fuels and carbon emissions 
are also the biggest opponents to nuclear energy, the greatest form of carbon-free energy production to mankind. And so the reality is this is about global equity. This is about letting China catch up. And I think I'm the only person who's studied this issue and has is not captured by donor interests to have the liberty to actually say it. This agenda is a hoax. Our global surface temperatures going up, yes, but we need to deal with that through mastery, through technological advances that will require more, not less use of fossil fuels. And by but the way, what if the fossil fuels are causing the climate, the, the temperature to go up? And we know that. That you <laughs> said that you, everything is based on data and results. There is actual hard data that says the use of fossil fuels has raised the temperature on the planet. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, but there's no evidence that says that's going to be an existential risk to humanity. And the other thing I favor. Well, which, which I, 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 wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. How, how is, is there, there no? How is there no risk to humanity? That is an existential but, risk to humanity. Is what but don't, I said. but, don't, no but don't you agree that that right now, if things go the way they are, this will be the coolest summer that you will ever experience in your lifetime? In a year where still eight times as many people are going to die of cold temperatures rather than warm ones. But yes. that doesn't yeah. mean. By, by that, way, but that doesn't make it okay. And by the way, extreme if cold the temperature is going up every extreme year. Extreme cold is part of climate change right. as well. Right. It's not just so, heat. Actually, this is this is what's funny about this is, and this is this happens to be an area. Of, studied for a long time. And so this is an interesting conversation to me. In the 1970s, the same group was advocating for less use of fossil fuels because we were going to face a looming ice age. Now, the, some of the same people are making the argument that it has to be because of global warming. The reality is climate change is as old as man. Man-made climate change is as old as man. And so the reality and the hard fact is what I'll challenge everybody else on the other side of this issue to do is at least we should be able to find common ground on nuclear energy. And the mystery to me is how the biggest opponents to fossil fuels are also the biggest opponents to nuclear energy, which leads me to the farce, and it is a farce, that this climate agenda has to do with the climate. Listen to Greta Thunberg or other advocates, at least they're more honest. This is not just about the climate, it is about justice. Well, what does that mean? It means global equity. It means punishing the West so the rest of the world can catch up. That is what this agenda at its core is about. Nuclear energy might be too good at solving the problem because it still allows America to continue its economic growth. That's why they're against it here. While China has stage four nuclear reactors, while we're still at stage two here, PetroChina emits more carbon, buying up the projects that we force Chevron to drop in the United States of America. So yes, that agenda is a farce. But I think that the right answer, what we should measure is how do we reduce the deaths and how do we reduce the negative impacts on human health from everything, including not just climate related factors, but all factors. And I think for the foreseeable future, that is going to require more, not less use of fossil fuels and more, not less use of nuclear energy. That's what I care about, human prosperity, human flourishing in the United States of America for all Americans, from Maui to the south side of Chicago, to New York, to Iowa, to New Hampshire, Ukraine's not included in that list. That's my job as the next U.S. president, and I will stand for that accordingly. So we um, appreciate the time you've given us. Um, yeah. Last question. If oh, Donald Trump gets the nomination and he asks you to be his vice president, uh, vice presidential nominee, would you accept it? He and I share something in common. We don't do well in a number two role. There are many ways to change this country, but I will take Donald Trump as my advisor and I, even something of a real mentor in understanding the administrative state where the bodies are buried I'll commit to taking him on as an advisor, and I think that's exactly the role it's going to be. I think that our base understands that this can't be another hotly contested 50.1 election, and I think it's becoming clearer and clearer by the day that I'm the only person that's going to be able to reach people young and old, black, white, brown, inner city to suburban to rural in a scale that's going to be required to deliver what Reagan did in 1980, a landslide election. All right. Listen, we really, really appreciate the time. Thank you. That was interesting. 
I know, I know he says that he is the only candidate in the GOP field that is not a politician. Sounds a lot like a politician already. I understand that he's not a career politician, but he's learning the game very he, quickly. He's thought about this before he threw his hat in the ring. Yeah. Andy Taylor, the guitarist from Duran Duran, has a story to tell that I think he finds very, I find it amazing. Um, I think he hopes it's inspirational uh, and that it can help millions of people who are battling cancer. Andy Taylor uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer uh, back in 2018. And it got very, very bad. In fact, when the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I remember last this. year, he was not right, there. Right, right. Uh, they read a message from Andy um, and that's how bad it was. But he says, he is now asymptomatic. He has no signs of, he is cancer free. Which is As amazing. far as what's showing up in his body. And he is crediting that to someone he referred to as the Elon, Elon Musk, Musk of cancer. Um, it is a, uh, a scientist named Christopher Evans. Uh, and Andy is crediting him for this amazing turnaround. This is incredible. Like, as excited as I am, you know, for Andy Taylor and his family and Duran Duran and their fans, this seems like such a bigger story. Like. Are we looking at maybe in a few years like a cure to cancer? Like, yeah, to I go mean, from not not just managing to live with it and extend your life, but to go from end of life palliative care to oh, I'm cancer free. Cancer free. That's incredible. Like that, just as big as Duran Duran is and as famous as they are in the Rock Hall of Fame, will Andy Taylor someday in the future be known as the the patient that cured cancer? Yeah, I, I mean, you so know, do we know what the what the so experimental treatment was? He said that it is uh, using radioactive chemicals to target specific cells which to me, and I don't know enough about it, but it sounds like a form of chemo and radiation combined. Yeah, he but said that he was so radioactive, he had to be isolated and couldn't sleep near his wife, which it sounds horrific and awful, but if, right. the, if the outcome of that is you're cancer-free, that's pretty spectacular. Uh, it's one hustle out of Louisville, Kentucky. Being a stage four cancer survivor myself, just hearing this story about Andy Taylor and uh, the, the steps that he took to become cancer-free, all I, all I think of is that the doctor who cured that, his phone has had to be going crazy right now. Like, there's millions of people around the world uh, that is looking for that type of, of treatment to get cured of cancer. And to know that that one doctor was able to do it, stage four, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah and you're right. They, they, he's going to be getting calls from all over the world. Absolutely. Hopefully from a lot of other scientists yeah. who are going to explore this. Okay, look. Um, Indulge me for a minute, because there is something that came out um, yesterday and today that I just find outrageous. Um, I, I want to talk about this for a minute. Mm -hmm. So the FA, so it came out that around 5,000 commercial pilots have falsified some of their medical records, their medical history, where certain issues were buried or not disclosed, and now the FAA is investigating this. Right. And, uh, which is great, by which the way. Which sounds like a, a good thing that they're investigating, It's right? a good thing, but I want to tell you a story about something, because the FAA did exactly the opposite with me. When I was a reporter at KCBS in Los Angeles, I started getting tips from people I knew when I was an investigative reporter there, that there were certain doctors who were basically phonying up these medical forms that they would submit to the FAA for pilots. And so 
I found out who some of the doctors were. I put on a disguise, and the first thing I did was I went to a doctor because I was told about this, um, a doctor who would just ignore certain physical problems. And, and I went there, and I said um, I had heart issues, but I felt I was okay. But I flagged these heart issues. Right. He certified me. He just certified me. Right. And never investigated, never asked questions. He just certified me, and I paid him. Then I decided to step it up and try something with another doctor that I had heard about. I got drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning, okay? I went to a bar and I got disguised. wasted I, in a disguise right. and I just got wasted um, and actually went to a police station and they tested my blood alcohol level and I was way over the limit. I, I was having trouble walking straight. Mm -hmm. I went into the doctor and... I was so messed up that he gave me an eye test. I wish I could show you this video, but we don't have it. And this aired. He gave me an eye test, and I couldn't read the chart. So right. he helped me, and he told me, and I reeked of alcohol. I I'm not going to bore you with the whole story, but I actually Point went is. there for a private pilot certificate, and we went in, and he gave me the certificate, and the video didn't work. Oh, the video didn't oh. work. I know. We went to the car and the video didn't work. But Two weeks later, Charles, I swear to you, I went back to the doctor. I went mm -hmm. back and I said, I want to get a certification for a commercial pilot's license. Right. So I stepped it up and gave him another reason why I wanted it. I got wasted before I walked in. So it's the second time he saw me drunk. Right. And which should have that alone should set off. All he sorts of certified alarms, me. But certified he you again. certified me for a commercial medical right. report. And we aired this and showed this massive breach. You know what the FAA did? And this was the mid-90s, I think it was 96. The FAA did nothing with the doctors, zero. What they did was they fined my station because I used a fake name to get a medical certificate. So I'm glad now, they're looking now. But I hope that now that was literally that was. Yeah. I understand. So hopefully things have changed because it is good for them to look. It into just this. like when I saw this, I just thought, oh my god. Okay. Well, from the White House to uh, aisle seven <laughs> at Trader Joe's, <laughs> uh, South Show Obama's. <laughs> oh, there is a White House connection here. So there, there is. All right. What's the White House connection? Well. We and interviewed in we the, interviewed a candidate, and now we're talking about oh, the Oh, oh, I see. Now we're talking about... Right? Sure. Uh, yes, but Sasha Obama was out over the weekend and looking very, like... Trader Joe. I don't want to say, like, normal, but it is a very normal picture. Pushing her own cart, wearing headphones while she's shopping at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and you guys, nobody seems to really recognize her. No one's yeah, really no. bothering her. Yeah. There's no bodyguard in sight. She has no security with her, so it seems. I mean, this just looks really normal. And to be honest, L.A. is a really good spot for Malia and Sasha to be living because we see celebrities in and out of these the restaurants, grocery stores, stores all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of like an unwritten rule here for people who live here not to really, like, go up to them and acknowledge them, really, unless they're, like, you know, crazy fans. But it's, it's pretty normal. As long as you stay away from the tourist areas and... Trader Joe's, while but very popular, what, is not but, a tourist but, attraction. You know what this speaks to? It speaks to the fact, like, you know, you, you see, like, celebrities and you see paparazzi at certain restaurants. There are, like, five restaurants in town where everybody knows celebrities go, and there are right. paparazzi at these five restaurants. And when, when, when celebrities go there, there are thousands of restaurants in L.A., 
And there are great restaurants, at least as good as those five, and in many yeah. cases, better. better. And they gravitate to these restaurants, so that when they go there, they know they're going to get shot. But you can blend. Sure. You can blend, and she blended. Put on your headphones. Mike from Philly. Um, I have a confession to make. I've never been to Trader Joe, so I'm not sure. <laughs> what? I have never been there. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't I'm know. Go Do they have Trader Joe's on, on the East Coast? Yeah, they, we have a couple in Philly. Yeah, yeah. all right. Oh, yeah, you, got, you got to experience. Reagan's yelling at me like, yeah, of course they do. Like, why would I know that? It's I don't fun. live there. Trader Joe's is fun. <laughs> you should go. I'm serious. You should go. It's um, fun? I would say it's on us, but I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, every week we, uh, every weekend, we put polls up on the website to kind of take your temperature and the stuff that was going on last week, and we did that. Here are the results. We should get a drum roll or something. Trump's mugshot shows defiance or defeat. Come on, it's defiance. What? Um, do you think that it was going to be defeat? I didn't know because normally on the website it seems like there are about thirty-five percent of the people who are, you know, major right. Trumpers, and I wondered how the others would go. Okay, next one. Trump's claim he's six-three <laughs> and two hundred and fifteen pounds. I believe it, or in his dreams. Once upon a time he was. Yeah. But right now there it's you in go. His even the even the Trump people. Uh, who should get Republican nomination? Trump or Ramaswamy? Hmm. Look at that. What? That is interesting, huh? Wow. I know. I think we need to get him back on the line, <laughs> let him know what the poll okay, result was. Okay, next one. Uh, Biden versus Ramaswamy. Biden all the way, or Ramaswamy's my guy? Well, this is just it's close. That's about in the range of what you I know, expect but an election is going to end up being. Interesting. I, I, by the way, we should just say real quickly, the fact that he was talking about having a landslide victory that's not going to happen. That's Ever. not going to happen for Trump, but it's not going to happen for him. For anybody. Right. For there aren't going to be landslide victories. Okay, last one. Britney Spears reconciling with her dad, Jamie. Great idea. She needs someone or she should shut him out of her life. I'm and really interested personally, in the Personally, it should be the first one, but I don't know which way. Look at that. Wow. That is really fascinating. Well, Tory Lanez uh, is, you know, the debate went on for years, whether you believed him or you believed Megan Thee Stallion. Now the jury has spoken. The jury has spoken. The judge has spoken. He is going off to prison. And he is Megan, in, yeah. Yeah, and he's in prison now. So Megan Thee Stallion uh, has been kind of laying low. I, certainly during the trial, she didn't uh, go out and had very little to say about what was going on in the trial. She uh, has emerged. But she has emerged in a in pretty a, spectacular way. <laughs> I mean, she had to know that her going out for the first time since the trial would make news and she wore an outfit that <laughs> left little to the imagination um very fashionable though she what do you call that design Harvey? great you're <laughs> <laughs> i mean she uh, looks great beverly hills uh, out for a dinner with some she's friends a, she's a, you know what she has she's at crustaceans oh yeah yeah by the way anybody in uh, la crustacean. garlic noodles the best they just are. Um, but, it's a thing. But that aside, she looks yes. great. <laughs> looks great and looks very happy. And I'm sure she's, I know she is thrilled to have put that chapter behind her now. 
Hi, my name is Imani McGill. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. In response to Megan the Stallion's first outing since Tory Lanez went to prison, I feel like it was a power move on her play. She's been working on herself, she's been in the gym, and she simply had to let her fans know that she is still the same and true Megan that we know her to be. And so while keeping her fan base afloat, she is also spreading positivity throughout the world. And looking great doing it. Good endorsement. <laughs> uh, what else you guys want to talk about? I am so happy that Britney Spears is getting the help that she needs. I think that when we all found out about her divorce, we all were concerned about her mental health. Um, but I'm happy that she's seeking the help that she needs by hiring two people. But I honestly don't think that's enough. And need to tell her to stay off of social media, stay off the Internet and don't worry about your career. You're Britney Spears. Your career can, will always be there for you. Focus on you. Boy, you have really deconstructed that. Wow. Good job. Uh, one more. Leslie in Arkansas, and I'm talking about Adele. You know, I liked her before, but I like her even more now. When you buy concert tickets, you don't get to pick who you sit by. And I'm sure if he knew he was going to sit in the buzzkill section, he would have changed his seat. So the problem is the whole crowd seemed like the buzzkill section, except for him. Like, I, you know, I don't know. Where was the I don't even know it's place? a buzzkill. They're listening to Adele, for crying out loud. You can stand up and enjoy Adele. I, I don't know why you think that an Adele concert is her, like a, her like, music is not. Her music, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it's not the kind of stand up and, you know, scream music. You need to live a little. <laughs> Metallica was in town this weekend. Did you uh, catch any of the Mighty Met shows? I did not go. No? And you know that. <laughs> you okay. missed out, man. They were playing at SoFi. And Jason Momoa was part of the faithful. He was there, not just sitting in a seat or in a luxury box. Down in the mosh pit, man. He was. A man of the people. God, he is just, he really mosh is. An, are, he's an egalitarian kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Can and you imagine I mean, if you're in the mosh pit and, and you're Jason like, Momoa who's this big guy in there? front of me, man? And then he turns out it's Jason Momoa. Honest to God, he's one of the coolest guys in this city. They're all they, taking photos. They're all Right, like, I mean, once they realize. Metallica probably got jealous because he got so much attention. Anyway, we will see you tomorrow, guys.